Welcome to Talking Far, Far Away. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. You are not a Jedi yet. Join Brick City Blockade as we discuss the canon of a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back to another epic episode of BrickCityBlockade.com podcast networks. Talking far, far away. And on this special episode, I got somebody sitting across from me who knows a thing or two about the cosplaying world. Yes, I'm talking about, <laughs> and we've been hyping it up, Miss Jedi Amanda herself. Amanda, how are you doing this evening? And thank you so much for coming on Talking Far, Far Away. Oh, no problem. Thanks for the invite. I'm doing quite well. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing everything you've been doing. It looks like a little bit of a Wonder Woman cosplay you've been working on and stuff. Yes, yes. I'm currently working on Wonder Woman. I have stepped out of the Star Wars uh universe for a tad bit i don't step out of it much but when i do I, I i go full full on crazy which is what wonder woman pretty much is right now she's kind of crazy man she but has yes. taken the world by storm i totally agree with you on that one now it's most appropriate if we just start breaking this thing down amanda how did you get into cosplaying and maybe you can even share that moment when you first got into it because i know it's just so exciting it's such a community Seriously, is it is like it, it's the it's the biggest smallest community that I can ever like tell anyone about it. But um, <clears throat> I got into it a very different way than most people. Um, I started cosplaying. I would say officially, as in I wore my costume to a convention. The first time I ever did that was 2012. Mm -hmm. um, but before then, I went to college and worked as a professional as a professional seamstress and tailor. And so I already knew how to create costumes and I already was working as a costume designer at my college, creating costume designs for our plays and our actors. And then eventually I worked for our, our local ballet company and, and just did all kinds of other costuming work on other people, but never myself. And I don't want to say I'm selfish, but I really liked the stuff I was doing and I was really upset that I couldn't wear them half the time. And not the fact that I wanted to be like an actor. I really didn't care a lot about stage acting or any kind of acting in general. I just wanted to wear what I was creating, but not on Halloween. And so it kind of just came to um, fruition. Like when I got out of college and I started getting into um, the costuming world that I've always been a nerd. I mean, everybody's always been a nerd, but like <laughs> I wasn't wearing it on my sleeve just yet. Yeah. I mean, I was, but I wasn't like fully. But I would say around 2012 was our, um, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, and our first pretty much bigger Comic Con um, came there. That was their first year, uh, was 20, actually 2011. I went not in costume in 2011, and the year after I went in costume. But in 2011, I went just as a fan, and I realized people were dressed up, and I have, I've never heard of the word cosplay. And I mean, I had four years of costume design school, and I never heard the word cosplay. And... I knew what San Diego Comic-Con was. I knew people dressed up for it, but I really didn't know it was a thing. And right. so I went to this convention and I just saw people just dressed up and it wasn't Halloween and they weren't just dressed up in like, you know, party city outfits. They were dressed up in stuff they've made. And I was like, I can do that. Why am I not doing that? Mm -hmm. And so I just basically asked around people. I was like, I'm in a cool like nerd outfit that I created for myself, but it was like, a dress that I made out of Star Wars fabric and they're like no this is a thing called cosplay and so I was like what kind of anime term is that like of course I'm not into it I'm not into anime what's that and so I google searched and realized it's not just anime you're a fool and 
since that first instance of that convention, I just, I lit the fire under my butt and I just cranked out the craziest costumes in this very short amount of time because I, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I had the skill set. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. And I want to see how far I can do it and where I can go with it. And so I did it and I started creating these costumes that people were really enjoying watching my progress. But I was also spamming my personal Facebook page so much with so much stuff that people were like, you need to get like a website or a blog or do something with this because my newsfeed is littered with just pictures of you sewing. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll, I'll get a cosplay Facebook page. I've seen some people have it. So I got a cosplay Facebook page. And from then, I honestly believe the rest is history. And I'm sitting here now. <laughs> no, that, pretty much pretty much nutshell. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's such a great story. And I feel like with cosplaying, everybody has their own unique story in terms of how they get into it. Oh, and yeah. it sounds oh, like yours is so unique. And it's, and it's just so fascinating from the other side as somebody who doesn't necessarily cosplay, um, but would love to just kind of create a suit and go, to, go to an event and see. It, yeah, just to see people's uh, reactions to a host of a podcast. It's like, yeah, Robin shouldn't be cosplaying. Uh, <laughs> Anyone can cosplay. Yeah, it's just the level and skill and time you want to put into it. That's how I tell everybody. It's possible for everybody, but until you get into the, the um, competition sector, which is where I put most of my heart and soul, you know, that is where you need to kind of really narrow, okay, well, I need to make my own outfits. I need to do this and that and this and not compete with, a, you know, a Party City Superman in a competition so that's where i tell people to kind of draw your line as far as cosplay is when you really want to start competing but other than that like go for it do whatever you want it's great it's fun let's, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about competing for a second because sure. the, the the first person that i saw show up at that cosplay event at star wars celebration this year was none other than jedi manda herself with that <laughs> epic epic <laughs> princess amidala now, ah. outfit, and I and I have to admit, I, I had you slated to win that contest, Jedi Manda. I, oh. I don't, I don't know, but uh, tell us about that costume because I think a lot of people sure. uh, here at the network associate you, of course, with that and Ahsoka. But that was yeah, such yeah. a great outfit. Thank you, thank you. Yes, yes I was, was, I was really excited about that. That was my first competition for the year, and so like I was really nervous, and that was my first time competing with Amidala, but. I, I really like to kind of go big or go home kind of thing. And so I knew, like, I, I love Star Wars so much. I wasn't going to do something like, something small like a Rey or something like a New Hope Princess Leia. Like, I wanted to basically walk across that stage with something people will remember me for. And up until that time, I have Ahsoka. And people know me for Ahsoka, but Ahsoka, in my opinion, is not crafted as well as I could make her. Mm -hmm. And so I pretty much just kind of dove into my inner uh, nostalgic self and was like, when the prequels came out, who was I the most excited about? I was a nine, 10 year old girl. I was pumped about Padme. And I was like, you know what? I'm just, I have the time. I have the funds. I'm going to make one of her outfits and trying to decide which one of her outfits, by the way, to make was extremely difficult. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's got 900. Um, but I decided ultimately on the uh, the Senate gown, the <laughs> on screen for about a minute and a half gown, um, thinking that would be the best splash I could make in the competition world as as, as a Star Wars cosplayer, as I, I took myself. And 
<laughs> nine months it took me to make that thing. And wow. I say I say nine months, and it honestly really was nine months, but it was nine months of, of trying and, and failing and trying and failing. Like, it wasn't successful at first. Like, I didn't start it and then just pound it all the way through. Ahsoka kind of had the same background because the headpiece that I created first with a friend of mine, um, she was actually doing the sculpting and then we were going to work together on the casting. We were sculpting her entire head out of clay mm-hmm. and going to cast it in three different um, sections, which was, which is extremely difficult. I'm a seamstress. I'm not a prop maker. Okay. And Wonder Woman is testing that. Trust me. She is testing <laughs> that. And I love her, but my God, I'm so tired of foam and glue. I want fabric and thread. But mm when we realized that we could do a different way in a more sewing seamstress based way with Ahsoka, I kind of felt that same with Amidala. And we're talking like the headpiece. And so after I, after I was like, you know what, I can make this, I made Ahsoka, I can make the Amidala headpiece. That headpiece went like three good rounds of trial and error. And wow. so if, if I didn't, <laughs> go through that many rounds of trial and, and taking it down and taking it apart, putting it back up, taking it apart, cutting it, gluing, you know, it would have been shorter because the dress and all of the details on that was stuff I had in the bag. Like I knew how to do all the stuff. I had it, you know, hammered out in my head and, but that headpiece trying to defy gravity with hair is extremely <laughs> difficult. <laughs> and I love telling people that because some people really think it's my actual hair and I look at them and I'm like, are you serious? Like, what? no, no, this is definitely a wig, uh, several wigs actually, but that was the hardest part of the whole thing. And like, it's such a small part, even though it's gigantic, it's such a small part. But when people are like, it took you nine months and I'm like, it wasn't, it wasn't all, you know, rainbows and glitter. Trust me. It was a lot of trial and error because I was engineering this thing by myself. I mean, when Trisha Bigger designed all of the costumes for the prequel, she had a team. She had craftsmen. She had engineers making this crap. You know, it's just me making all of this stuff. And so it took me a long time. And I knew if it took me a good amount of time and I spent a a long time with detailing and just pouring over every detail that it was going to be a really good competition outfit. And I decided that my goal for the year was to get in and cross that stage at Star Wars Celebration in my Star Wars outfit. As a Star Wars fan, to me, especially as a costumer, that's the ultimate mecca. And I was able to achieve that and come home with a prize, and I was extremely happy. <laughs> <laughs> you just said that beautifully. Cosplaying truly is not just an art form or a skill set. It truly is like its own category in terms of its artistic form because there's so many different things. There's a molding. There's sculpting. There's yeah. this seamstressing. There's it, it, again, it's, it's just its own form. And it's, it's amazing how it's expanded so much and how outlets like you have been able to show people that, you know what, the process is long and you do go through trial and error, but the end yeah. product is what matters and it is what makes you so proud to keep doing this. Oh, totally, totally. And I mean, if I wasn't happy with Amidala, I wasn't going to put her on stage till I was happy with it. So I went to art school and I got a degree in and uh, fine arts and in costume design. So I, I know the artist life, you know, I, I realized that once you're doing something, it has to be perfect so you can perfect that and show it off. With cosplay, it's the exact same way, but our, right. instead of it's a gallery showing, it's a stage or it's a convention floor, you know, however you want to pull it, which way you want to do it. But it, it's definitely an art form. And I have an, a lot of issues with people on the internet that don't think it is mm. because they see cosplays that not necessarily are up to the same 
time and effort and money and craft put into like say Amidala, but it's still cosplay. And so the term cosplay to me is more of an umbrella term anymore. Um, as far as just anything you can create, you can wear and go have fun with it. It's, it's cosplay to me. I just kind of tend to take it a little bit to the extreme. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, Amanda, if they have an issue with it, they can come and talk to the Brick City Blockade podcast network. About it because <laughs> Good, I'm glad, I'm glad I got you guys on my side. Oh, absolutely. Now, let's get into some Star Wars talk right here. I got a couple questions for you. When it comes to the Star Wars universe, let me, we've been talking about it here on the network, and we've, the last couple guests that we've had, we've gotten their insight on this, but it's not official until we get Jedi Mandas. What's <laughs> your favorite Star Wars moment? I know this is a tough choice because there's just so many of them. Mm-hmm. Now there is, especially with Force Awakens and Rogue One, and I was just watching Rogue One again last night and realizing <laughs> that, oh my God, I love this movie so freaking much. It's dethroning. <laughs> It's, it's starting to dethrone my favorite Star Wars movie of all time, which is Return of the Jedi because of nostalgia reasons and Empire. And so, but with Rogue One, there's just so many feels of connection and, and relatability that, mm-hmm. you know, seeing that final like handover of the, of the Death Star play in Soleil at the end of Rogue One, I mean, it's been chills yeah. through my spine. I mean, how could you not? That, that's, that is such an emotional scene. I mean, I, I go through every emotion whether it's screaming and crying to pure joy. (laughs) So obviously that's probably one of my favorite um, instances, but as far as like other than, other than that, I would, I would honestly say um, return. I mean, I love return of the Jedi and it's, it's because of nostalgia bits. And also when I was younger, I was really scared of empire strikes back. Um, Yeah. I was actually really, (laughs) I would never watch the beginning because I really, I really hated uh, when um, Han Solo cut the stomach of the Wampa. Oh, oh yeah. jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and it would just, you know, the Wampa and that stuff would pour out. That scared me as a child. But yet I would skip past it and watch, you know, fights and, and people, uh, you know, as, um, X-Wings and TIE Fighters go down in flames out of the galaxy. That didn't bother me, but cutting right. up with the stomach of a Wampa really bothers me. So oh. that's an iconic moment. <laughs> that is actually probably one of the best favorite moments we've had here on the network. It's I have a, to. Be- it's a terrifying yeah. moment, but I'll never forget it. <laughs> that is just so awesome. Now, obviously, Han Solo and the Wampa obviously was a little bit of a scare to you. But is is there a specific character in this galaxy far, far away that you relate to specifically? So we're going to open it up to the films, the movies, or the extended universe. Anything you would like. Anything, because I honestly, it, it, to me, it's a three-way tie. It's a three-way tie between Ahsoka, Padme, and Princess, uh, Princess Leia, mm. slash, General, slash General Organa. I love Rey, but I have yet to connect enough with her. And I think that's just because oh. we haven't seen her story. Um, I love Ray. I, 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 I cried when, when she caught the lightsaber at the end of Prince Wiggins, but... I wasn't there yet. Yeah, I'm still, still team Leia, and I'm still team Organa, and so I get most emotions from her than Rey yet. Now, Last Jedi, when it comes out in December, I'm probably going to be toting team Rey all over here because we're going to see more of her development. But honestly, I would say it's mostly Ahsoka and Leia because I've seen their whole character arc. Now, Ahsoka, yes, is still open, and Leia's is obviously still open, but we've just sure. seen more. And I just feel personally connected with Ahsoka because to me, she was my first female Jedi. 
Mm. You know, it wasn't Ray, it was Ahsoka. And so watching Clone Wars when it was on and then following her story into Rebels is such like a personal connection now because I was with her from the beginning instead of Ray, who's brand new and I am with her, but I'm not there yet. So Ahsoka, yes. And then when I was much, much younger, I was Princess Leia for every Halloween. I had Princess Leia dolls, you know, I mean, I was so connected to Leia because she was a strong female in a sci-fi movie. That's something you never saw, at least for me. And of course, I didn't see those movies when they were out in originally in theaters. I saw them on VHS and, and then when they were re-released and everything. But I had such a connection with Leia, mainly because she was a chicken kicking butt in outer space, honestly. So those would be the two I would relate to the most to answer your question. <laughs> Wow. Princess Leia kicking butt. I will take that any day of the week when Carrie right? Fisher kicks butt and take names. That, that, is, yes. that is a go-to, a go-to for people. And I'm so glad that you chose her because, you know, where there is Ahsoka and there is somebody who also kicks as much butt and also get, takes names at the same time, Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. was the first to do it for this universe in so many different ways. Now, speaking of Princess Leia, of course, Mm -hmm. I have to get your thoughts as we move closer to The Last Jedi here. Of course, in that recent sizzle reel, we see Carrie Fisher come up at the end and she says, Star Wars is about family. And I have to admit, I I got very teary seeing that. I think Um, anytime we see her on screen, it's like, wow, we're getting closer to that moment when we see her mm -hmm. in The Last Jedi. Your your thoughts on that? And I can only imagine what your emotions are on this. Oh, well, I mean, we'll just harp it back to the day she passed away. I was working on Amidala up here sewing. And then my my boyfriend was like, I have terrible news to tell you. And he told me and I just I just cried because she has always been someone that's been there since I started watching science fiction movies. And I got into Star Wars and having someone like that kick the bucket to say it lightly. um, So sudden was hurtful. And then I'm like, you know, I'm dedicating this whole costume to her. Like, this is, this is because of Carrie Fisher. And then taking it to Star Wars Celebration and being able to show it off on stage as, you know, Padme, not necessarily as Leia, but as Padme, who has a, a connection to Leia, was a pretty big honor in my own little personal bucket. But um, seeing all of the reels and the, the footage and everything at Star Wars Celebration you know, just around everywhere. I couldn't, like, I was crying up. I was tearing up, like, every five seconds. I was, and that Carrie Fisher panel that Mark Hamill had, mm. good God, I just was like, I'm not going to be able to make it through The Last Jedi. Like, I'm not even going to be able to see this. <laughs> I'm just going to be in a watering mess because I'm not over it yet. Yeah. And it, it's so hard for me to, like, think about it and then watching The Last Jedi trailer and then watching the behind the scenes of the, tra- of the movie, I was just like, oh, I've got to get it together. I've got to get it together for the sake of Star Wars, you know. <laughs> got to. But it's hard. It's so hard, especially for someone who's been so connected to her, like, my entire life. Yeah, and I have a funny feeling, Amanda, when you and I are sitting in that theater opening night when The Last Jedi comes out, that mm-hmm. we're both going to need a full thing of Kleenex tissues. Oh, it's it's gonna be a shared effort for the Star Wars galaxy to make it be a film dry eye. It's gonna be a mess. And I mean, I I I'm such an emotional Star Wars fan. Like I cry up of over everything because I'm so connected to this fandom in in so many ways that people don't understand. Uh, in a weird instance, um, my family and I went to Disney World earlier this year, mm-hmm. and uh, at Hollywood Studios at night they have a Star Wars light show, mm-hmm. and 
um, what they do is if you've ever been to Disney World, uh, you know, the Chinese Man Theater in the back yep. of the park, they basically set up a whole bunch of fireworks and lasers, and then they project on three different projectors scenes from the movie, and of course with the, with the score of John Williams, oh. and it's just a it's just an immersive experience for a Star Wars fan. And then I just I just was crying the whole time. I was crying happy, but I wasn't like. <laughs> and my parents were like legitly concerned. They were like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I just I'm so connected, and I didn't realize I was disconnected until." I'm around a whole bunch of people doing the same thing. It, it's amazing oh. just how that community is just, and you can stand there as mm -hmm. a community and watch that and experience that and just share in the tears. It, it is yeah. great. It is one of the best things about this galaxy far, far away that we all share together, whether you're cosplaying, whether you're doing a podcast, doesn't matter. We're, it's a shared universe and it's all about unity when it comes yeah. to Star Wars. So, so true. So true. All right, Amanda, we've come to that time of the show. It's a little thing we like to call plug time here at the network. And this is where you can share anything about where the good people of the Star Wars universe and of the fandom outside of here can find you across social media. And I know you also have a great YouTube channel as well. I do. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but I do. I'm on pretty much every social media platform you can imagine um, but I really promote my website because that's my personal blog and my portfolio and that's just jedimanda.com if you want to find out anything that I've ever done or to ask me questions about stuff but I do promote my my YouTube and my new Twitch channel I have a Twitch channel where I live stream all of my builds on and that's twitch tv uh, slash the Jedi Amanda and then my YouTube is of course slash Jedi Amanda. So make sure to check out Jedi Amanda across social media you guys can follow me over on twitter at mr vote tweets make sure to head on over to instagram follow me at the official vote head on over to brickcityblockade.com for everything happening in the star wars universe and please subscribe on itunes for everything happening in a galaxy far far away thank you so much again amanda jedi amanda for coming on <laughs> to talking far far away it's been so much fun oh thank you so much for the invite this is awesome all right guys and as we always say here on the podcast network May the force be with you, always.